Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I'm going to read to you guys straight out of Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. It says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. So now Jesus is in the boat because it's too busy on the beach. And he's looking out and the whole crowd is there and they're listening to everything that he says. Verse 3. And he told them many things in parables saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then he continues to speak to them. But most of them are like, hey, great story, Jesus, but we really don't know what you, what you just said. So then in verse 18, he starts to explain the parable. He says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. I want to preach a message to you called hard heart. Just really simple hard-hearted, just a really easy message. Your heart has producing potential. Your heart has producing potential. You know, um, I remember back when I was single, and I know some of you might be single here tonight, and you're like, I can't wait for this to end. I don't want to be single anymore. That's why I'm coming to church, hoping I can meet someone. And, and Signing up for every camp that comes up, you know? And, and, and sometimes you want to end that. Well, let me tell you something, right? Honestly, being single is great. You know, like, you don't want to stay there forever, maybe, but being single is great. For example, you're probably the only one with access to your bank account. And that is a win, right? When, we, when I say to you, are you free? You're like, yeah. Yeah, I'm free. I can do pretty much whatever I want to do. I'm free fully in charge of my calendar, and I can go anywhere and do anything that I want to do. See, some of you want the single thing to end. You know my encouragement? Just enjoy it while it lasts. You know, it may not last forever. Right now, why don't you use it and enjoy it? So, so for me, like, you know, I remember what it was like to be single, and, and I was happy, you know. But then I, I went and I, I met this girl named Sarah, and I thought, yeah, I think she's all right, right? And she became my, my girlfriend. She's now my wife, but she was my girlfriend. And, and what my heart did is, even though I was kind of happy, right, it made room for this girlfriend in my life. And my heart was full. You know, I'm like, this is so good. Life is good. Met this great girl, and, 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 and I'm just happy with, you know, where things are at. And things were going along fine until m- my wife, you know, she... Um, well, you know what they say? They say confession is good for the soul, right? So I'm going to confess something here tonight to, to all of you. Uh, when I first met Sarah, and I, I was just a herbal tea drinker. 
And I don't want to feel the judgment about that, right? But, but you know, I'm very partial to honey, chamomile, and vanilla. I love raspberry leaf tea, you know? And I love my herbal teas. And so when my uh, now wife, when she found out about this, she's like, you drink what? She found out I didn't drink coffee, and she was judging me. She was actually shaming me. She actually judged my masculinity by the fact that I drank herbal tea, okay? And so this was like, you know, this was a man test, right? So I had to step up to the plate. So I started drinking coffee. Turns out that was the worst mistake of her life because I loved it. So you know what happened, right? Is that my heart made room. So now I've got a great girlfriend, and I found this thing called coffee. It's like life is good did it get any better? Yeah, it did, because we got married, right? We're like, man, life is awesome, got a great job. And, and then, you know what we decided to do? We had a child, right? His name is Judah. And, and when I got him, I'm like, man, this is it. This is it. Living the dream. Life is good. Uh, you know, now married. I still love coffee. And now I've got a son, you know? And, and, and so I, I, I thought my heart is full. You know, could it get any better? Yeah, we had a second child, right? And then a third child. And the thing is, is that my heart kept making room for these things that I was loving in life. What's my point? Your heart has potential to keep growing and to keep loving things, to find new things. Your heart has potential. Well, your heart is actually a lot like seeds, right? So a seed has potential. Now, if you take a little seed, and it doesn't matter what kind of seed it is, but you have a little seed and you have it in your hand, Contained in that seed, if it's planted correctly, contained in that seed is the potential for what? Well, for so much, depending on the kind of seed that you've got, right? I mean, seeds could grow up into like a tree and you could get fruit from that and you could grow more trees and all of this from the potential that's just, you know, in that, in that little seed, right? Now, I don't know how many of you are farmers, but I'm looking out and I'm thinking, you know, none. So, so let, me, let me then break it down for you, the purpose of planting seeds. When you sow something, the purpose of sowing is to reap something. That's right. In fact, when you plant something, you want it to grow. You want to see it produce something that, that you've sown. Okay. That, that, that makes sense to everyone. So in the story that we read tonight, we talk about this sower. And just so you know, the sower is not necessarily God. It's not Jesus. It is a person who's giving the words of the kingdom. Another way we could put that, we could say the gospel. So they're giving the words of the gospel and they're sowing that. And just so you know, these seeds that we're talking about are always good. Can you get that tonight? Like the seeds that God wants to sow in your life, the seeds, the words of the kingdom, the words of God, the, the words of the gospel, right? These seeds are always good. The seed stays exactly the same, right? But I've learned that people have a problem that prevents its produce. And here it is. The, snee, the, the seeds just get snatched. That's all it is. It prevents the produce because... The seeds just get snatched. And you know what they get snatched by? They, they get snatched by the birds, you know, which is, he tells us later on, that kind of represents the devil, right? The devil's trying to steal the seeds that God is trying to sow into people's lives. Now, you notice in the parable that we read today, I read through the, the whole thing, right? 
But these, the seeds that fell on the path, they're the only seeds that get snatched, aren't they? Like the other seeds, they didn't get snatched. It was just the seeds that fell on the path. It didn't happen anywhere else. Now, let me break this down for you. The seeds of the kingdom, the seeds that God is trying to sow into people's lives, they are always good and they have the potential to produce something. But that, dep- that potential depends on where the seed lands. And if the seed lands on a hard heart, it won't produce what was sown. So the problem that prevents God's potential for people is the heart. It's just a heart. The problem is not the seed. The seeds are exactly the same. The problem is not the birds. It's not the seeds and it's not the birds. The problem is just where they land. The problem is the path. What's the path? Well, that's, that's your heart. So as Jesus is explaining this to people, they didn't really know uh, what he was saying. And so he starts to explain it along the way. So right after he gives the parable of the sower, but before he explained what it meant, he said this to the people in verse 14 of chapter 13. He says, Indeed, in their case, the, uh, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Hard hearts hardly hear. Hard hearts hardly hear. Some of you are not going to understand this till a little bit later in life, but let me just break it down for you. Some of us that are a little bit older that have got kids, we know how this feels because we have attempted at different points to sow understanding into our kids. And we try to sow things into their minds so that they can get it, so that they can understand it, you know. And there are times, honestly, where I speak to my kids and I'm, and at the end of it, I'm like, man, I, I should take you to the doctors because I don't know if your ears are working. I, don't, I mean, the problem, I, I mean, can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, do you understand the words that I'm saying? Maybe their ears aren't working, Right. And then, you know, what I discover is that it, the, the information is not a problem, and apparently their ears are perfectly fine, right? The problem is that they don't like doing chores. They don't like doing what I say. They don't want to listen to everything that I say. The problem is not, not their ears. It's not the way that I'm saying it. It's not even the information. It's, they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to understand it. And let me tell you, right, this happens to us all the time, right? So let me just, let me give you an example from the last seven days, you know, I get up and uh, I take our kids to, to school in the morning often, you know? So I get up in the morning and I go down to my kids' uh, bedroom and I knock on the door. I'm like, all right, guys, time to get up. Now, what could be hard to understand about that, right? 
Like the answer is nothing. It's very easy to understand those words that are coming out of my mouth. So I, I leave that with them. I say, guys, it's time for you to get up. And they say, okay. Uh, and, and then I go in and then I start making sandwiches and I'm making lunch. And visibly, I can see that our kids are not sitting down having breakfast, you know, 15 minutes later. So I think, you know what? Maybe they misunderstood. So I go back to the room and there they are. Now, apparently the words I'm using are so confusing that they have not discovered how to move out from underneath their dunas. And I realized that it's not that the information is hard to understand. They just don't want to get up. They just want to stay in bed. They just want to sleep in. You know, they, they don't want to listen. You know, when I think about the gospel message, I think this really isn't a hard message to understand, is it? You know, like it's not a hard message. Look, if you're new to church tonight, let, let me just tell you what the gospel is so that you understand how easy it is to understand. As human beings, as people, we have this issue that needs to be dealt with in our lives. It's this problem called sin. And sin is not just some list of bad stuff that you did. Ultimately, it represents doing life independently from God. So when we made this mistake, and, and, and by the way, like, you know, we are all in the same boat. So nobody's perfect. We've all made mistakes. We're all in the same situation. We all need our sin to be dealt with, right? So, so many years ago, God said, if you want to be perfect, if you want to live a sin-free life, here's a list of rules and, and things that you need to obey and follow. And you know what we discovered? We discovered that it's almost, well, it is, it's completely impossible to do any of those things. We can't be perfect. So God, recognizing that none of us could be perfect, sent Jesus to live the life that we couldn't live. But then the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, right? So he died the death that we should have died, but he lived the life we should have lived. And if you believe that in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then the Bible says you'll be saved, which means all of your sin will be forgiven. And this, by the way, this is just part of the gospel message, but the gospel message is not just about salvation, right? It's so much better than that because after you make that decision, God wants to be your father and you get this thing that we love to call a relationship with him and the Holy Spirit loves to just lead you and guide you through life. So it's not like this one-time thing that happens and is done forever. It's this continual ongoing thing that happens in your life. But you know what? Not everybody understands that. Have you, have you noticed that? That not everybody gets it? You know, like not everybody understands the things that I just told you then. They're like, I haven't, they just don't get it. They don't understand why. I have no idea what you're talking about. And one of the reasons why people don't understand is because there's something that's blocking their understanding. There's something that's preventing them. So, so let me go ahead and tell you something, and, and hopefully this doesn't completely blow your mind, but there is a spiritual war that is going on around us all of the time that has the goal to prevent people from understanding the gospel. Did you know that? Ephesians 6 and verse 12 says this, For we, our wrestle, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but it's against the rulers the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, over the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. In other words, 
the scriptures are saying there is a spiritual battle going on all the time to make sure that people don't hear or they don't see and they don't understand. Now, when you read the, the, this passage that we read, this parable that we read, it just begins with this. So it was sowing, some of the seeds landed on the path, right? Now, the path is your heart. We made that connection, right? So the parable just begins with the seeds landing on this hard heart, right? You've got to understand something. The devil will never wait till you hear the words before he goes to work to prevent you from understanding it. In fact, he's at work 24-7 on strategies so that if you are hearing the gospel message for the very first time, he's, he's not willing to take the risk that it could that it could take, the seeds could take root in your heart. He's not willing to take that risk. He wants to make people's hearts hard to the gospel before they even hear it so that when they do, it doesn't actually grow or produce anything. And I started to think, man, what could make someone's heart so hard that they would not want this in their life? Are you kidding me? The gospel is one of the most encouraging, uplifting messages you could ever hear. What? That you were not perfect and God doesn't care. He loves you anyway. He wants to forgive you of everything and have a relationship. What could prevent somebody from wanting that in their life? And we don't even need to think too hard because, you know, right after the parable that we just read, just a couple chapters and verses later, this is what Jesus' disciples say to him. They say in verse 15, uh, chapter 15 and verse 12, then his disciples came and said to him, do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard what you said, Jesus? And Jesus is like, yeah, like I knew they'd be offended by it. Do you know why the Pharisees were so offended? Because sometimes the truth offends people. Have you ever noticed that? Come on, have you ever just not told a friend that what they're wearing, it just doesn't look good because you just thought, it's not worth the hassle. You know what? Yeah, leave the house in that, whatever. You know, like, oh, come on. It's like, you know, sometimes you don't want to, because the truth can hurt, right? I think this is why Jesus said, blessed is he who's not offended by me. Do you know why? Because if you're offended by God, you're not going to listen to all the things that God wants to say to you. And I started to think about this. I started to think about my own life. I started to think, what have I missed out on in my own life? Because I was too offended with God to allow what he was wanting to sow in my life to take root and produce something good. What have I missed out on? What did I not see? And here's the sad part. Sometimes you'll never know what you missed out on. You just won't even see it. See, nothing ruins producing potential like offense. Nothing ruins producing potential like offense. And you know why this is so important? You could have no idea what God wanted to sow in your life because it was snatched away before it ever took root. And then you'll never know, would you? You wouldn't even know what God wanted to do. You wouldn't know what God was trying to do. It was taken from you before it could even produce anything. You know, I, one of the reasons why I love this, this parable is because this, man, this hits home for me. 
this is just so real for me. I mean, this is literally like my story. This is my life. And I mean, I've shared this so many times, but just, you know, just to recap, when I was younger, I got a sickness that prevented me from being able to walk. I did physiotherapy for years to learn how to walk again. I had to leave school to do it. And I was, this happened when I'm 12 years old, right? I'm offended with God because he could have healed me and he wasn't doing it. And I was offended with him. And I, because of that offense, you know what I did? I turned my back and walked away from him. So I don't want anything to do with you, God. Then the offense, the offense got worse for me. Because after that happened, you know, my, my papa, he, he had died, right? And we believed that God would heal him, but he didn't. He died, right? So what happened? I'm like, oh, now I'm offended. This just affirms my decision to walk even further away from you. And then, you know, I tried to get into university. And when I put my application in, there was a problem with it. No universities received it. And I was stuck and I didn't know what I was going to do with my future. And I'm offended with God too. I'm like, you know, where were you in that situation? And then there was the time when I went fishing at a trout farm and caught absolutely nothing. And the only thing I walked away with on that day was a broken toad. This is legit. You can't make this stuff up, right? And I was offended. Well, okay, maybe I wasn't offended so much about the fishing thing, but you know what? You know what I think is funny? Here's what I think is funny is like these little things that just small things in your life, you start to get enough of those little things and they start to stack. And after a while, you start to ask the question, you know what? A lot of little, really annoying things have been happening to me and God, where are you in the process? I mean, this is... I'm just telling you my story, but come on, you got your own story, right? You got your own stories. Stuff has happened to you. Stuff has happened in your life. Do you know how many people I've heard that have decided to marry somebody and they're like Christian people and and they decided to marry that person, that godly person. And on their wedding day, they said vows to each other. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And they were married and they were going to love each other and God forever. But then just after they get married, that partner decides that they're walking away from God and they're walking away from the marriage. You know what? I've seen so many divorced and disillusioned people and I've got no doubts that they prayed about it. God, is this the one? By the way, there's no one, you know, but anyway, they're like, God, is this the one for me? And God said, you can marry that person. Have any of you been in a position where you said, God, I thought you said no, it's just me. Okay, well, this is good for me. This is like therapy, okay? But, but here's the point, right? There are so many of us that have been in a situation where we said, God, I thought you said. You told me to start a business. I stepped out because I heard you. And now I'm in debt. I, I don't have any customers. I really have no idea what I'm doing. I thought you said. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Some of you might have just had a really bad church experience with a pastor or a leader or someone that said something that you didn't like and you got offended with God because of what they said and you start to overlap some of these experiences and you know what happens? Your heart starts to get hard. It starts to get hardened and you want to know... See, see, you know, people think, oh, is this, a, this is a story. I know this parable. This is one for, for new Christians. This is people for, for people that don't know anything about God. No, 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 no. No, this parable is for people 
This parable is for people that have got offended and developed a hard heart, and now God is trying to sow stuff in their life, but they're not actually getting it. Do you know what I've discovered about this whole offense thing is that I am not offended by people that I don't expect much from. Seriously, I'm not. I'm not offended by people that I don't expect much from. Like if I have someone in my life and they've, you know, they've got problems, you know, everyone, you probably know someone with problems. You might be sitting next to them right now, I don't know, but, but everyone knows someone, right? And, and you know what? When you know someone that's unreliable, right? Don't look at them. Don't look, you know, like you just told them. This is, we'll pray for you after, okay? But, but the, you know, the, the thing is, is that when someone in your life is totally unreliable, you know what? They, they, when they let you down, it doesn't hurt, right? But you know what I've discovered? People are always let down by God. You know why? Because we expect so much from Him. And for the most part, rightly so. Because what do we say in church, you know? We say, oh, come on, he's the God that can do all things. And that's true. But he doesn't always do them. And when it doesn't always happen, sometimes the way that we want, we get frustrated about it. And sometimes that frustrated stuff that's unresolved turns into bitterness and that turns into offense. But you know what I've learned about this? Is that how you handle your hurts will determine your producing potential. Really, how you handle your hurts will determine your producing potential. And I've discovered that the devil will take any hurt you've got and try to turn it into an offense about God. Anything that goes wrong in your life, anything that goes wrong, and he will whisper these words into your ear. Yeah? And where was God when that was happening? Yeah, and why didn't God save you from that? Yeah, well, if God really loved you, then that would have never happened to you. And he starts to say these things. And so if you're a new Christian and you've signed up for this thing called the gospel and this life with God, you could be in a position where, you know, it's the first month and you had expectations, you know, up here, like, oh, like this is going to be incredible, right? And then not everything works out for you. And you say, I thought that this life was going to be different after I gave my life to Jesus. This isn't wrong. Like, He's letting me down. And if you're an experienced Christian, come on. Let's not pretend that if you're an experienced Christian that you don't get offended with God. Because sometimes it's even worse. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I thought you and me were tight. I thought we had something, Jesus. But it appears to me like you keep letting me down. And I don't know if I can trust you. And you know what? The truth is I'm offended with you. Your heart has the potential for so many things. Just like seeds, you know, seeds, they have the potential to grow something. They have the potential to produce something. I told you, you know, the seed, the seed's always good, yeah? The seed is always the same. The seeds of the kingdom, please get this right. Every time God wants to sow the seeds into your life, it's to sow something good into your future. You know, you understand this, right, to be true about Jesus, that Jesus is the same, you know? Like, he's, he's not like one way with me, but like a totally different person with you. That's not how this works, you know? 
Do you know the Bible says that he says, you know, God says, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change. He says with me, there's no shadow. There's no variation. Like, I'm going to be exactly the same. Like the Jesus that you read about in the Bible is the same one that I know. It's the same one that speaks to you. He's exactly the same. But you know what I've discovered? Depending on who Jesus meets, it can have a completely different outcome. Just like depending on where the seeds are sown, it can have a completely different outcome. Man, listen to this scripture. This comes out of Isaiah chapter 8. In verse 14, it says this. Speaking about Jesus, by the way, remember, he's the same. The seed's the same. It says, And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. You know, I read that, and this, this is a scripture about Jesus. And you know, with some people, Jesus is a sanctuary. And with other people, he's a stone. Same Jesus. He's not any different. Some people get to know Jesus, and they say, you're incredible. This is the most amazing thing ever, that you would love me, right? But other people will see him, and they say, you were so offensive to me. And Jesus stays exactly the same. The only difference between the two is the condition of their heart. And when the seed gets sown, some people are going to receive it some way and other people another way. You know, the people in Jesus' day, they loved Jesus. And he was exactly the same with the Pharisees. But the Pharisees, they... You know what? They, they, they hated him. And one of the reasons why the Pharisees hated Jesus is because he was so gracious towards people that they believed were dirty sinners and deserved to be punished. And here comes Jesus. And he loves them. It's amazing what offends some people. It's amazing. It's amazing when some people, when they see God extend grace to another person in a season when they're struggling, they're offended with him. How come they're doing better than me? I find this to be particularly true. If somebody's being blessed in the exact area that you're failing in, and when you see grace being extended to other people, sometimes it's so easy to be offended. And rather than celebrate that person's success, the question is, how come they? How come they get in all of that? It's amazing what will offend some people because it just seems so unfair. But you know, these Pharisees, these guys that got so offended by Jesus, you know where they really went wrong? They just surrounded themselves with other people that had the exact same perspective as them. You know, when you're offended, you can go and find someone that will take on your offense. When you're offended, you can go and find someone that's going to agree with your perspective. But I want to say that if that's how you do it, you're going to end up in a dark and, and, and a bad place, you know? This is what I'm saying, you know, some people, they're offended with God. And the last place that they want to be is the place that they need to be in newsflash. You're sitting in it right now. It's called church. 
Because when you come into church, maybe you've been offended with God because he's done stuff that you know you disagree with and you've just been a little bit frustrated, maybe even a little bit mad. But when you come here, you hear a message that continues to point to the goodness of God. What you need at that point when you're offended with God is not someone that will just take on your perspective. That's why, hey, that's why you need to be in a small group, people. Join a small group, all right? Because when you get into a small group and you say, I think God is leaving me, the people that know better get around you and they say, are you crazy? You don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea. Do do you remember that Jesus is the one that said he would never leave you, that he would never forsake you? Did you know that you're the apple of his eye? Do you know how much he loves you? You can't believe the words that are being whispered into your ears. Those things are not true. You need to surround yourself with the right people. And I thought, you know what? It's at least worth asking the question. What could be in my heart that's preventing my producing potential? What disappointment is there in here that could be leveraged against God? What is it in my heart that could produce or not produce anything? And you know, if you discover that there's something, some kind of blockage in your heart, some spiritual blockage in your heart, you know what the Bible says? That you could produce a hundredfold. You could produce 60-fold. You could produce 30-fold. My point is there's produce on the other side of your offenses. So it's at least worth asking the question, is there something in here that's preventing what God's been trying to sow into my life, what He's been trying to sow into my future. Can I be honest with you? Every single one of us that's here tonight, every single one of us has had to deal with the disappointment of unanswered prayer. Every single one of us. You've prayed and God hasn't answered your, your, your prayer and you just don't know where He is. Every one of us have faced being this thing where we get confused. I thought you said, didn't you direct me? I'm just trying to obey you. All of us have been confused at one time about what God was trying to do or trying to say to us. In fact, you know, I, I'll tell you this one thing that happened to me. You know, many years ago, I was uh, part of this church and um, a whole heap of us went to go and see somebody at this prophetic workshop. You know, I got invited to go and be a part of it, right? And how many of us would know sometimes they get it right? Sometimes you just have no idea what they're talking about, right? So, so here I am at this prophetic workshop, and I'm sitting there with a whole heap of other church people. And, and um, you know, this guy, he's prophesying over these people. He's getting them up out of their seats, and they're coming to the front, and they're sitting down. And God's going, bless you, and you're going to have amazing stuff in your life. And, you know, all this really good ministry stuff is, is, you know, in your future. And I'm listening, and I'm watching all of these people go through it. And I'm like, man, wow, look at these people. Look at what they're getting. And I was the last person to be prayed for that day. But they were praying for married couples. You know, they prayed for them together. So they decided to get my wife and I out. And, they, and he says, all right, you two, come up. And you're the last couple, and I, I want to pray for you. So we get up, and we sit down in the seat. And he starts to pray. And then he's all like, whoa. Wait a minute, everybody, I really need you to start interceding for this couple right now, you know, because there's something that's happening here. There's something that's happening. And I'm like, 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 I'm thinking like, what? Like, is it good or is it bad? Like, you know, what, what is the thing, you know? And he goes, everybody start praying for them. Start praying for them. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is either going to be really good or this is, 
going to be terrible, you know? And so we're, we're, we're sitting there and he comes up really close to me and he says, hey, I wanted all of them to be praying and interceding for you and I'm going to say something to you right now and I want you to tell me if what I'm about to say to you, if it resonates, is there something in your heart and you say, yes, I understand what you're talking about. And I said, I'm like, okay, I'm nearly apologizing to my wife already. I'm sorry for whatever this man's about to say to us, you know, because, you know, I feel like he's going to tell me something. This is going to be bad, you know? And he says, the Dungeons and Dragons mean anything to you? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he goes, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, does that mean something to you? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. I, I think, I believe it's a game. Is it a game? And then I started thinking, wait, wait a minute. Is this like a literal question? Like, first of all, first of all, I don't even own a dragon. I, I, I do not own a dragon. And second of all, can you please keep your voice down? Because if these people think that we have a dungeon at our house, no one's coming over for dinner. You're going to make this thing so awkward for me, you know, right? And, and he's going like, no, but Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, no, I have no idea. This is so many years ago. I still, I still have no idea what he was talking about. Nothing resonated. There was no part of that that made sense. Still doesn't make sense, right? And he said it. So now I'm watching everyone get blessed. And I get this word about like weird stuff. I don't even know what he's talking about. And you know what? I was so offended, like really offended. And you know what? I was really offended with God. I was like, how come they get to hear all the good stuff and in front of everyone, and you did it publicly? Really? Dragons? Serious? This is crazy, you know? And I was mad with him. Can I tell you something about God? He can handle it when you get mad. You know, like that, that, that prophetic guy, like maybe he just got it wrong. Like he, he just just got it wrong and I was holding God accountable for something that this man said and I should never have really done that but I was mad with him can I tell you that God when you're mad with him he can understand that he can handle it but there is such a big difference between being mad with God and being totally offended with him and never getting past that offense and and if you're here tonight and you are so offended with God well get ready because I'm about to offend you all over again all right you ready for this if you're offended with God right now, honestly, your ears can barely hear. And your eyes, never really closed. Because if you could hear with your ears and see with your eyes and understand with your heart, then you would never be offended with God. Because while you're trying to figure out if he's the kind of God that you should lean into and listen to, you would look to the cross. You would look to the cross. You would look to the God. You would recognize immediately that at a moment in your life where you did nothing to deserve his grace, he gave everything for you. And he put himself there. He put himself on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. So if you're trying to figure out, is this the kind of God I can trust? He's the God that gave everything for you. And if you had eyes that could see and ears that could hear and a heart that would understand, you would already know that. You would already know that. Don't allow your hurts to determine your producing potential because I'm telling you right now, God wants to sow so many good things into your life. But if your heart is hard, you're just not going to get it. You're not going to receive it. You're not going to, and you'll have no idea. It's worth asking the question. Is there something here that's preventing what he's trying to sow into my future? 
we trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.